Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everyone. It's Andy Tate. Welcome to Welcome to Paradise. It sucks. The podcast that recounts the worst vacation, holiday, and out-of-town adventures ever experienced by our poor, unfortunate listeners who are also very good at storytelling. You know how the story goes around here. Our subjects, they share a story of a bad trip, a terrible vacation, or something horrendous that took place when they were supposed to be relaxing in a beautiful location. This time around, we're talking about Joshua Tree, California, where you too famously shot their legendary album cover, UFO sightings are fairly common, and there are hundreds of meth trailers scattered behind mountains and sand dunes. The person telling us this tale is Rick, who is now 39 but was 30 back in 2014 when he and some of his buddies from Iowa went to a small old Western party destination known as Pioneer Town. Pioneer Town was an old movie set built by Gene Autry for his Westerns and has one famous honky-tonk music venue on the premises. It's called Pappy and Harriet's Pioneer Town Palace. But this wasn't a good old time listening to beautiful country Western music in the desert. In fact, this trip hit a lot of bad chords. So look up at the stars, put on your coolest cowboy shirt, and have a close encounter with the worst kind. It's Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, episode 22, Disaster in the Desert. This episode takes place in 2014, a time when people were doing the ice bucket challenge. Ellen took that famous award show selfie, and Kim Kardashian married Kanye West. And today's guest, Rick Wainwright just wanted a casual 30th birthday vacation, avoiding the flashing lights. That's a Kanye reference. Anyway, Rick, take it away. I'm from Iowa. Uh, not a lot going on there, but cornfields and college football. Um, like a big night out consists of me and my friends like drinking beers at Applebee's or something. So... When I turned 30, my friends wanted to throw me some big Las Vegas shindig, and I am not a Vegas guy at all. So I declined, saying I wanted something more mellow. Um, my friend Bobby, who's like part-time local country singer, um, said, we go to Joshua Tree, California, because he had moved to Iowa from L.A. a few years ago, and he said oh, Joshua Tree was like this magical place. Bobby had spent 10 years in L.A. trying to make it as a big country singer, but as anybody knows... L.A. isn't Nashville, and the opportunities ultimately were not there. But Bobby had played some particularly successful gigs at Pappy and Harriet's, the bar in Pioneertown. So Bobby loved it, man. He said it was heaven on earth. Um, I had only heard of Joshua Tree from the U2 album, 
of the same name and it just sort of struck me as some desert wasteland where there was nothing to do um but bobby actually said there was stuff to do there's like hot springs and, and these honky-tonk bars and cute girls and i don't know i thought that sounds different so i was convinced and we decided that my 30th birthday would be spent in a town called pioneer town which is four miles north of the joshua tree national park Joshua Tree is a California national park that attracts roughly 3 million visitors a year, everyone from hikers to people seeking alien activity. In fact, it leads the nation in UFO sightings almost every year. So I packed a few days earlier, got all the desert essentials. I looked up online like sunscreen, water bottles, all that. It was going to be like 100 degrees. So I just wanted to make sure I had everything taken care of. But then, you know, one of my friends starts talking about doing psychedelics, doing magic mushrooms on my birthday. And I'm not into that stuff at all. I just wanted to have a couple drinks and like relax by a pool and like watch a sunset or something. This was way before the microdosing legal mushroom craze that everyone from rock stars to housewives have begun celebrating. But back then, mushrooms were very illegal. But these guys were like begging me and I said, no, please. I don't want to bring him on the trip. And so they all kind of agreed. But of course, there's one guy. There's always one guy. This is my buddy Jason, who rolled some shrooms up in his socks when he was packing his bag. And he decides to tell me this when we're on the airplane. And I am panicking. Obviously, he got through, you know, uh, TSA without them finding anything. But I am panicking. I thought we were going to land and some drug dog was just going to, like, attack us. <laughs> so I was freaking out. Luckily, they flew into a much smaller Ontario airport and avoided the madness of that giant airport, LAX. So we land, we go to the rental car counter. Uh, Bobby booked us a minivan, which was fine. We're just a lot of us. So the minute we get there, we're told they're all out of minivans. Meanwhile, there's six of us on the trip. So we get stuck with all they got left, which is a four-seater, maybe a five-seater, but a four-seater, which we had to shove our luggage in and all six of us. So we are packed in the back like sardines. One of my buddies was just severely hungover and didn't shower the night before. And sitting next to him was like sitting next to a drunken sailor after like six weeks at sea. It was disgusting and it was hot and we were all sweating and that ride sucked. Nothing worse than sharing a seatbelt with a smelly friend in a cramped sedan. Exactly. Uh, anyway, we start driving and we get to our Airbnb, <clears throat> which is like two miles away from Pioneer Town Road, which is the road that goes up to the town we were going to stay in. And it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I'm talking nowhere. I mean, it's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. It's like rocks and cactus and stuff like that. But we get there and we're all excited. But we notice that there's a note on the door when we arrived. And the note says there's a water shortage in the California desert. And that two of the three showers in the Airbnb don't work. And the one that does work is like limited to the hot water that it uses and the showers needed to be limited to 90 seconds. We got 90 second showers. It was like the water was running on a well system or something. I don't know how it was all organized, but this is not exactly the like relaxing stay I was hoping for. So we made the smelly friend shower and he told us the hot water ran out in like 15 seconds and he was pretty much gonna just stink for the rest of the trip. In 2014, there was a 60% drought in California. People were feeling the strain everywhere but nowhere got it worse than the desert. And when you're sweating in 100 degree heat, that can be a problem. All right, after we settle in, Bobby organizes like a big welcome hike into the desert to watch the sunset. 
and we filled our canteens, but of course the water's barely running. So we filled like one and we're like, we'll share it. Not safe, not safe in a hundred degree <laughs> desert. Uh, anyway, we were ready to get out there and like sort of, anyway, we were ready to get out there and, and see some of these Joshua trees. Um, so the mushrooms start coming out and I'm like, you know, whatever, I'll take a little bit. Uh, at that point I take it and I go to get my shoes on and realize, oh damn, I forgot any kind of hiking boots or running shoes. I have nothing but flip-flops. Not good on the rocky terrain. Desert hiking is often dangerous. There are poisonous insects and scorpions to worry about. Rough ground, rocks, and cacti. Remember that guy who had to saw his arm off when he got caught in that rock while hiking in Utah? Well, the rocks in Joshua Tree are very similar to those. So we went into the desert, and <laughs> I'm in flip-flops. We're having a decent time. We're laughing and all that. But then we kind of realized after a while we were completely lost. It's like being on another planet, you know? No one could tell which direction we needed to go into. We were just like staring at rocks and stuff. And I'm like mesmerized by the sun and just sort of like, I'm kind of happy. I'm content for a minute until I feel like I get bit by like a dog on my leg. And I look down and I trip over my flip-flop and fall. And I blew out my flip-flop. Half my skin comes off my hand and my arm. And as it turns out, I was attacked, as they say in the desert, by something known as a jumping choya cactus. A jumping choya is a cactus that senses human energy. And when a person gets too close to one, it sort of attaches itself to the skin or clothing. It almost leaps at human skin if you happen to get too close to it. Hence the name jumping choya. So I now have like 40 or 50 prickers stuck in my leg. My flip-flop is busted and I'm bleeding on my arm and my wrist. And, you know, I'm still like a little hot. So I'm freaking out. The blood didn't seem to be clotting. Uh, you know, luckily one of my buddies is a doctor. So he comes over and he helps me nurse it and tries to get me to limp back to this Airbnb using his shoulder for balance. But we didn't know where we were. We're in the middle of the desert. And finally, finally, one friend who came with us figured out where we were. And he sees the house and it looked like it was a mile away, but it was like finding water in the desert, literally. Except for the only problem was, as I mentioned, we didn't have much water. <laughs> one thing that people who are in altered states tend to do is forget things. So when they got back to the house, Rick's doctor friend said that he had to go to the bathroom and he'd be back to help Rick's leg. But that's not exactly what transpired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my buddy walks off and he goes to his bed and just falls asleep. <laughs> so I'm in tremendous pain on the couch. I'm bleeding. I'm trying to rake these prickers out of my skin and he's just passed out. I'm pissed off. I'm freaking out. I finally... I finally found some tweezers in this drawer and I spent like an hour just trying to get these choya prickers out of my leg. And like I went in there, I tried to wake him up, but no avail. Uh, he was out. So instead I just went outside and stuck my leg in the pool to feel better. And then I just was like, I'm good. I lied down on a deck chair and I was feeling okay at that point. In Pioneer Town, a lot of the rental houses have a ton of acreage around them. So if someone were to go to the pool and not tell his friends, there is a chance that he may not be seen for a few hours. In Rick's case, he wasn't seen until the next morning. I woke up the next morning with about 110 degrees sun blazing upon my body. So now, to go along with the cactus injury, I now had what was close to, what, a third degree burn, maybe? And 
It was all over my legs and my upper arms. My neck was like beet red. I looked like an Oompa Loompa in a soccer jersey. What do you do when you guzzle down sweets? Oh, sorry. I love Willy Wonka. Anyways, sunburns in the desert are especially painful and can potentially not only cause skin damage, but irreversible sun damage and even cancerous melanomas. So I'm basically dying and I go into the bathroom to find some aloe vera cream or whatever, and I end up finding this weird jar of like white cream, which looks pretty soothing uh, until I found out that the cream was something called Retin-A, <laughs> which is something they use to treat like cystic acne in teenagers. It erases like fine lines on people's skin, that sort of thing, but it also burns like crazy. And I put it on my chest and on my legs and on my neck. And within seconds, I was on fire and I'm running towards the shower. Of course, when I get there, I find out that the water's ice cold. So I end up jumping in the pool, which was actually quite refreshing and way warmer than the shower. So I'm in the pool now, scrubbing my body for like five minutes and it's just painful. And at that point I was like, let's get out of this Airbnb before any more disaster happens. I've already had the broken flip-flop, the scrape on my hand, the problem with the cactus in my leg and the sunburn. So at this point I'm like, can we just get out of the Airbnb and go to these honky tonks or these bars or whatever it is. I just needed like a few beers and maybe to meet some girls, just something different. I needed to get out of that Airbnb. Pappy and Harriet's is an old roadhouse where artists like Paul McCartney often pop up and play surprise sets. It's become the go-to destination music venue in the past few years, but back in 2014, it was still somewhat a California secret. So we start talking to this guy and he tells us about Pioneer Town. And basically it's an old movie set that Gene Autry, who was some old cowboy actor, musician, built for his Western movies. And now some of the bars that he built there were full-blown honky-tonks, full of country and Western singers, pretty good barbecue, big bachelorette party destination, all that. And uh, we just start having a couple of drinks. First time the whole weekend I was feeling normal. And it's my birthday that day. So let's just say the shots were flowing. You know what I mean? Shots, shots, shots. I was like, bring them on. But not all of Rick's friends were drinking. Jason had stuck with the magic mushrooms and was on a different type of trip. So Jason, meanwhile, he he's on the shrooms still. He just keeps taking more. He doesn't drink much, but he's barely cognizant of what's going on. He's just like seeing Smurfs in the clouds and stuff like that. So our only hope was sit him down in this corner and make him like stare at a plant. We're like, dude, just chill here and don't bother anybody. He's like basically talking to this plant like 10 minutes later. We were worried that he was like fried forever. We're like, he's gone, guys. J say goodbye to Jason. He's gone. So Rick and his buddies went back to the bar and kept drinking on Jason's tab. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Jason, before that, had given us his card and said, drinks are on me. I'm feeling generous. Also, he makes the most money out of all of us. So that was cool. But, you know, before he starts tripping out, he gives the bartender the credit card. And we're putting mad drinks on the tab. I'm talking like shots beers, Jack, you name it. We're going huge. You only turned 30 once. And I don't know, two hours past two and a half. And we got a pretty good tab going, probably like two, 300 bucks. So we're decided we're going to check the other bar out. So we asked for Jason's credit card to settle it. And that's when the bartender uh, tells us it's not swiping through. None of the charges are, are working. The credit card's being declined basically. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As it turns out, Jason's wife had maxed out the credit card on a shopping trip the weekend before. She had forgotten to let him know, and suddenly Rick and his friends were looking at a large tab. Not to mention, they were hammered. So I told you about my doctor friend. He also makes a good amount of money. He's like, I'll pay for it. But of course, he's trashed. He's hammered, and he's like, oh, I, I may have left my wallet at the Airbnb. So, since I was the only other one with a job, I end up covering the bar tab. And after the tip, I'm looking at $410. $410 for my birthday. I paid for everybody. That was not my plans. Ah, uh, the old, I can't find my wallet trick. Everybody has a friend who has pulled that one off. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, he did leave it at the Airbnb. Um, but whatever the case, we get Jason off the ground. We tell him his card was declined and all that. He gets really upset and he tries calling his wife for 30 minutes, but there's no service out there in the desert. He blames us for ruining his little mushroom trip, all this stuff. I'm like, dude, your card got declined, man. Not mine. I picked up the tab. He was pissed. And then the band started playing. Since Bobby had been a country singer back in LA, he was excited and stood right in front of them drinking and judging them. Two things that don't really go well together. Yeah, so Bobby, right? I mentioned Bobby before, the, the singer. He's like stumbling around and he's watching the band. They were called like Curtis, Cowboy Curtis and the Chicken Wires or something. They, they were okay, they were fine. They did some covers, but Bobby's wasted and he just starts heckling these dudes. I mean, he's yelling, free bird and all that stuff. And finally the lead singer looks down at him and just says, hey dude, shut the F up. Now, Bobby, you know, he's originally from uh, Mississippi before he moved to L.A. He's not one to back down from nobody. So that was a bad catalyst for what was to come. Ah, liquid courage. It can be awfully dangerous, especially when a failed artist gets offended by another artist. Bobby was so embarrassed that he did what nobody should ever do at a live performance. He basically jumps on stage. <laughs> he jumped on stage and he tries to fight the lead singer. Uh, he's saying, I'm a better singer than you are. You're playing that song in the wrong key or whatever, the wrong tuning. It's getting pretty aggressive. And then the lead singer just puts his guitar down and just knocks Bobby out. It was like a movie. It was like an old Western movie, like a bar fight. He went down. A security guard rolled over and stopped the fight, but it did not end well for Rick and his crew. Well, we get tossed out of the bar, and we're told that if we ever try to come back in, that we won't be allowed inside. And Bobby's pissed. He'd played that venue back when he lived in L.A. a lot. And he's, they're like, you're never gigging here again, dude. Uh, but he was just drunk, and he's threatening a lawsuit and all that kind of crap. We're just like, dude, go home, put some ice on your face, and sleep it off. Back at the Airbnb, Rick had one last bad moment before bed. And it happened to the same leg that had been attacked by the cactus the day before. This was a different type of stinging. So at that point, my birthday had basically sucked, um, save for a couple of fun hours at the bar. So at this point, I'm like, dudes, I'm going home. Let's watch some TV and go to bed. That's it. So we do that. I'm lying on the couch. 
and then I feel my leg kind of going up like in the same pain as the cactus. I thought like another Choya cactus had jumped on my leg again. I'm wondering what it is. But this was not a cactus. In fact, it was a desert scorpion. So I feel this sting and I look down and there's like this five inch scorpion, man. I mean, crazy. It looked like a demon dragon or something and it stung me. So I get a scorpion sting in my leg, the same leg where the cactus happened, the most painful thing I've ever felt, and I'm freaking the F out. Even my doctor friend comes over and he he starts tending it and he's freaking out. He doesn't even know how to, he's never dealt with a scorpion bite in Iowa. So he's Googling what to do, what the effects are gonna be. And the first Google search basically mentions that scorpion stings are not lethal. Good, fine. But then we go on the WebMD website and that's where they mention there's five different types of scorpions and that you have to figure out which one of the scorpions stung you because if it's something called an Arizona bark scorpion, I was gonna be vomiting for the next 72 hours. We had no idea what kind of scorpion it was. Luckily, this scorpion was the non-lethal type. Rick was numb and tingling, but not vomiting. Since there was limited water, he began pounding soda just to stay alert and somewhat sober. Then Bobby wakes up and he's, you know, hurting and he informs us that he <laughs> basically said, I just, I hired a stripper a couple nights ago. She's on her way here. This point I'm on like painkillers. I had drinks earlier. I just need to drink water and go to bed, but he's hammered. He hired this gal online. I'm not a stripper guy. That's why I don't like Vegas. I just wanted to blow off, you know, the whole thing. But some of the guys there were like married and this was their big thing. They're like, yeah, we got to do it. This is awesome. I wasn't married, didn't mean anything to me, but 30 minutes later, this like desert meth stripper shows up with her handler. A desert meth stripper? I'm sorry, what is that exactly? I, I can only describe a desert meth stripper as like a woman who has probably had a previous drug problem, is missing at least three teeth, and has a C-section scar, and like multiple bad, bad tattoos. <laughs> the worst of the worst, right? Anyway, this, this girl comes in with her handler, who looks like a bodybuilder. He's got a gun and a Bluetooth speaker. That's like all he has on him. We're like, we get the point, dude. We're not touching her. Uh, and he, warms, he warns us against that. He's like, no inappropriate touching, all that. None of us are into that, especially when we saw the gun. But then the bodyguard's like, yeah, by the way, she needs to make $250 here and it's cash only. This is like right before Venmo came out, I remember. So if it was out, like we weren't using it very consistently. None of us really had a lot of cash. Um, but of course, who has cash? Me, right? So guess who's covering the stripper budget? Yep, good old Rick. So I'm the guy paying the stripper 250 bucks to just basically leave our Airbnb because none of the guys are allowed to touch her. So she does like one dance, I pay her, and that was it. Wow, your friends did not do right by you on this trip. Exactly, dude. I've been there two nights and I've dropped over 700 bucks. I had the cactus incident, the sunburn, the scorpion. My friends are saying they're going to pay me back and all that, but we know how that goes, right? At that point, I just wanted to order a pizza and call it a night. But what do you know? Uh, Wi-Fi goes down. Phone's not working. We ate what we had in the fridge. Um, there were basically four slices of American cheese and I think some tortillas. So we basically made like an American cheese quesadilla. That's what I ate on my 30th birthday. And at that point, I'm like, this is rock bottom. There's nowhere else to go from here. Yikes. Not the desert paradise you had imagined. Did your friends ever pay you back? 
I mean, what, they bought me a few beers when we were back at the Applebee's in Iowa, and, you know, we had a good laugh about it, whatever, but the bottom line was I was the one with the injured leg, and the cash flow issue really affected me, so everything kind of kind of sucked. Oh, yeah, how did your leg heal? Any lingering issues? Yeah, I was in pain for about two weeks. I didn't have the 72-hour sickness, thank God, but it healed, and I have some interesting scars now, but thank God it wasn't one of those lethal bastards. That would have sucked. And have you been back to that desert since this incident? Nope. No, no, no. I think I'll stick to the Midwest. (laughs) Well, we've been to the desert on a horse with no name and survived a cactus and scorpion attack. Make sure to tip your dancer as we go over some of Andy's travel tips. Tip number one, if you go into rural areas for vacation like the desert, bring a first aid kit. You never know when an insect or accident will get you. And at the time, you could be miles from civilization. Tip number two, make sure you guys have the same game plans out of the gate on big group getaways. Nobody wants to feel uncomfortable when somebody brings psychedelics or hires a salacious lady of the evening. Have a group discussion before one bad apple spoils the bunch. Tip number three, try not to WebMD your injury, insect bite, or symptoms on vacation. Oftentimes, this website can make you think that you're dying, when in reality, it's just a temporary numbing sensation. Well, every episode of this show has been a wild ride to some amazing locations from all over the world. It's been a blast for this 22-episode trip. However, my time here at Welcome to Paradise has come to an end. I've learned a lot, met some very unfortunate folks, and been lucky to work with some amazingly talented people here on Welcome to Paradise It Sucks. So, I just want to extend my deepest gratitude to those of you who have listened and supported the show as well as the awesome team here at Cloud10. Don't worry, you can still catch me over at my other podcasts like Let's Not Meet Odd Trails and the Old Time Radio Cast at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to check out all of the great podcasts that Cloud10 has to offer at cloud10.fm. Welcome to Paradise It Sucks is a collaboration between Cloud10 Media and Cryptic County. The executive producers are Andy Tate and Sim Sarna. The producers and writers are Zach Selwyn and Devin Ruskin. All my bags are packed and I'm ready to go. Everyone, stay safe.